Welcome back to the Sit and Ponder podcast, where we seek to think more deeply about the scriptures and to ask the tough questions. Go ahead, grab your favorite beverage, take a seat, and get ready to dive on in. In the last episode, we spoke about the need to bear one's own cross and to come after Jesus. Let's take a look at why bearing one's own cross is actually totally worth it. In this episode, we're going to look at how bearing up under suffering in the path of obedience to Jesus is essential both to the process of our own growth and to the process of us experiencing God. Let's start by taking a look at Romans chapter 5, which addresses this very idea. Paul says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Check out what that says, folks. Let's meditate for a minute. It says and begins by saying, But we rejoice in our suffering. Why do we rejoice? Because this text tells us that we receive endurance from suffering. We receive formed character from suffering, and we receive increased hope. Our new nature that we've been given in Christ actually thrives under the yoke of suffering, where our fleshly nature does not thrive under suffering, but the new spiritual nature does. When was the last time you rejoiced in suffering, when suffering struck? Let's just start by thinking about small suffering, sufferings like a car breaking down or losing your keys or just any kind of happenstance happening occurring around you that's not positive. Is your instinct to rejoice? Think about being left out by others or ignored or forgotten by people. Did you rejoice? How long does it take for you to bring to mind the future benefit of the tragedy you are enduring? How long does it take you to bring to mind the fact that you're going to develop endurance from this thing, that you're going to develop character, that you're going to develop increased hope? Do you sulk? Do you seek unhealthy fixes? Fixes like overeating, substance abuse, excessive entertainment, workaholism, or the like, instead of rejoicing and looking forward to the growth to come? Or do you seek to pridefully control your environment in order to never encounter the chance of suffering? Are you trying to manipulate your surroundings so that you can have as pleasurable life as possible and avoid any kind of unnecessary suffering that could come your way. And if we complain and seek unhealthy fixes for small little sufferings, how much more will we buckle under real suffering? 
or difficult suffering. In James 1, James says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Again, count it all joy. Second text, First Paul, now James. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. And why? Because the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Steadfastness is a word that means solidness, sturdiness, endurance. And you're supposed to let steadfastness have its full effect. What that means, folks, is that you're supposed to let this suffering happen. Don't try to escape or avoid suffering. Because you let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If there's any text in the New Testament that expresses the value of meeting trials of various kinds, it's this text because it gives us an understanding that by the process of suffering and letting steadfastness have its full effect, we can be lacking in nothing, according to James. How opposite is this from American culture? When you get sick, do you rejoice? When people alienate you for doing good, do you rejoice? Or do you defend yourself and whine and complain and get upset because your rights were violated? When random bad things happen, do you get excited and rejoice? First Peter tells us somewhere else that if we suffer for doing evil, we ought not rejoice. Like, if I got put in prison for drunk driving or murder, I'm not going to rejoice because I'm in prison because I deserve to be in prison. But I believe the suffering spoken of in these texts that we've just discussed is the suffering that comes in the path of obedience to Jesus or it's just happenstance suffering that comes from us living in a wicked, depraved world full of death, disease, and suffering. We comfortable Americans see suffering as a necessary evil to hopefully avoid as much as possible. James and Paul see suffering as a necessary and blessed part of being a follower of Jesus in this life. Sufferings are not something to avoid. And this shouldn't be surprising to us based upon what Jesus said, that no one can be his disciple or follower unless they deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Following Jesus is daily cross-bearing, which is echoed in these texts. So let me ask a deeper question now. Should we actually walk towards suffering? Did Jesus walk toward suffering? Indeed, Jesus did in the cross. And we already talked about in the last podcast that he bids us to follow his example in bearing our own cross. Jesus bids us to walk toward the suffering that promotes the glory of God and our own growth 
in him. This isn't masochism where I'm making up suffering to hurt myself. This is the willingness to embrace whatever suffering comes my way and furthermore to rejoice in it because of the good that I know that's coming out of it by way of my endurance, character, and hope that I might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Romans 8 says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Let that sink in, folks. The main reason that we as followers of Jesus don't shun bad things happening to us is because according to this verse, nothing bad can ever happen to us. Nothing ultimately bad can ever happen to us. Paul here says, and we know, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. We exist in a totally different reality now that transcends what we can see with our earthly vision. Do you believe that the cancer you might get will work together for good? Do you believe that the miscarriage you had was working together for good? Do you believe that the loss of your job or the slandering of your name without just cause will work together for good? Do you believe that your chronic pain or disease will work together for good? Do you believe that your disappointing marriage or your painful marriage will work together for good? Folks, there is not one ounce of your suffering in the path of obedience to Jesus that is without benefit in meeting. Not one single ounce of it is meaningless. We have already discussed Job briefly. Job lost all his children to tragedy and almost all his possessions and wealth. He was also struck with miserable boils that were tremendously painful. His wife told him to curse God and to die. His closest friends blamed him for his suffering, saying that it was his sin causing his suffering, which was inaccurate. In his misery, near the end of Job's story, before God restores Job and relieves his suffering, Job says, this one little sentence. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Job's suffering appears to have moved him from knowing about God to seeing God. Fellowshipping in the sufferings of Jesus with relational trust in Jesus draws us into dependency upon God and into deeper intimacy with him. Do you want to see God in the way that Job is talking about seeing God? You will find the deep comfort and practical goodness and awesomeness of God in your suffering. Meditate, friends. Do you want that, really? How much do you want that in comparison to enjoying a paltry, earthly life of temporal pleasure? This is what being a disciple is all about. It's about this choice among others. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is the, this is the pain part. This is the suffering part. This is the, the danger part. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Don't pass over that verse. You are with me. Sense the intimacy with Jesus, with God in this next part. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me to sit down and eat. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And listen to the promise. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David knew what Paul already said. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. When we have God, we need nothing else, folks, because he is with us. He restores our soul. He leads us beside still waters. He leads us in righteousness. When we're going through suffering and trials, we're not afraid. We're comforted. He sets a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He fights for us. Our cup overflows and goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, guys, God is the treasure. He is our only true and complete source of bliss and goodness internally. Suffering matures us. Suffering increases our endurance and spiritual toughness. It trains us. Suffering enables us to uniquely experience the comfort of God, the closeness of God, the generosity of God, the kindness and gentleness of God. In suffering, we get to see and experience emotionally just how much God is with us and for us against all the earthly and satanic enemies that seek to punish us. So our suffering makes us feel closer to Jesus and it makes us more like Jesus since he also suffered in the path of obedience when he bore his cross. Do you want to feel close to Jesus and understand how much God loves you and is for you? Do you want to be like Jesus in your endurance and your obedience in the face of temptation and trials? Then, change your theology and convictions about daily pain and suffering. Rejoice and embrace. Let's close with Hebrews 12, a magnum opus in this arena. It gives us something to fix our eyes upon as we walk this journey of bearing the cross. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is the key, guys. 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. This is about his cross bearing, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, again, suffering. You see the words endurance, hostility, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Our focus, folks, is on the example of Jesus. As cross-bearers, we're reflecting upon the founder and perfecter of our journey of faith. We're reflecting upon his victory. We're reflecting upon his resurrection. We're reflecting upon the joy that he had as he looked forward to the hope of the resurrection. And we recognize that we have the same spirit within us that raised Christ from the dead. And that spirit will give us the strength and the endurance and the resources and the hope and the character to walk the shameful walk of bearing our own cross of suffering and humiliation and rejection in the midst of a wicked and depraved world that wants to chew us up and spit us out. Do you want closeness with Jesus and to be like Jesus more than you want a life without pain and with paltry earthly comforts and pleasures? In this episode, we've meditated on the internal and personal spiritual growth benefits of suffering in the path of obedience to Jesus. In the next episode, we'll look at how suffering is not only for our own personal growth benefit, but also is an essential part of our ministry to others so that they can see the reality of Christ in our lives. This is your host, Tom Wells, signing off. We'll see you all next time.